break that well, down for me? You don't know the saying, let's party like Havarti? No, what's Havarti? What's Havarti? I'm poor. If this is a rich people thing, I cannot help you. We've talked about how my fridge is middle class white. Okay. <laughs> You've seen that TikTok, right? Where this this chick, she's at a party and she sees the white fridge and she's like, ooh, the ghetto. <laughs> I'm sorry, like no shade because I've definitely had white appliances, but there's just something that's objectively ghetto. No, I know. <laughs> my oven is white as well. <laughs> Right. But my dishwasher is chrome. Oh, okay. She's fancy. She's fancy. You know, of course, I got that paneled in. All right. Ain't no, ain't no right. chrome. Nothing. I got that paneled in. You're not helping the argument that you're not a famous person. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. First of all, before we get into that, um, Havarti is a type of cheese. I'm sure you oh, yeah. know what Havarti is. Oh, yes. You're right. Okay. It's not even like a bougie cheese. Not it's not a rock fort. Nothing. Well, it just oh rhymes. God. It doesn't have to make sense. It's just party like <laughs> Havarti. <should> rhyme. <laughs> well, then you find something else that rhymes with party. <laughs> and she's not anyway. famous, Kate Shelton. I promise you, she's not famous. Right after we started the podcast, Kate Shelton uh, messaged mm-hmm. me. And she was like, "I have to know if she's famous." And I was like, "She's not famous." girl She's look like, at my background <laughs> i was like i've seen her i know her full name she's not yeah. famous i yeah. googled her <laughs> yeah and i definitely wouldn't be asking you for three dollars if i was <laughs> <laughs> i'd be giving you all types of free stuff because i got money to blow <laughs> she's definitely not oprah <laughs> yeah look at this like basic bitch sliding closet door like th- this ain't the this ain't the closet of a, of a, of a rich i don't friend, even i don't person. even have sliding doors damn okay wait a minute uh, <laughs> sorry with your white appliances <laughs> <laughs> anyways okay <laughs> i guess we should welcome what, to novels and nonsense <laughs> Seven heavy, minutes in. Heavy on the nonsense. It's it's go the pink ski mask. My ski mask is so fucked up today. If you're watching on YouTube, just mind your own business. And um yeah, it's go with the pink ski mask, and I'm here with my lovely co-host. Tabitha at my to be red stash, and we're gonna talk shit today. Yeah! yeah! What's Woo! what's different though? What's new? I know. Um, Can't wait for another one star review from a Frida fan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We see y'all. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's get into it. Today, we're going to talk about Ward D, and we're also going to end with some positivity and talk about um, books that we're looking forward to this summer. You know, a little live, laugh, love, sprinkle, sprinkle. <laughs> so, but before that, you know what time it is. It's time to plug our shit. So, <laughs> if you haven't rated or reviewed us, Please consider doing so, especially if it's a five star so we can get that Spotify rating back up. <laughs> um, Instagram, Novels and Nonsense Podcast, uh, TikTok Struggle Fest, Novels and Nonsense Pod. We're also on YouTube at Novels and Nonsense Podcast. And then the newest thing that we have, Patreon. The link Woo! will be below. Um, and for $3 a month, you can help out a not famous person. For three dollars a month, you could technically make her reread Verity for you. Yeah, exactly. You can anything, anything, guys, 
anything for $3. What a deal. You won't find that on OnlyFans, okay? So $3, guys. Um, so yeah, 10 cents a day, $3 a month. We're giving you an extra episode consisting of topics chosen by you. And we'll also do a brief review in the episode. So you get to pick the book as well. So if you if you want to torture us, that's up to you. You, It's $3. It's The possibilities are endless. Um, and also the content will be censored and uncensored as well. Because I know some of y'all... I think it was Gavin book Gavin's book nook and he he messaged me. He's like, I want to hear those F words loud and clear. So <laughs> slide on through that Patreon and, and, and you will. All right. Okay, so we're gonna be talking about War D, which Tabitha did not read, but I did. And you may be wondering why I read it, considering my not so subtle dislike toward this author and her books. We had to see if she copied anything. <laughs> yeah, is is for scientific purposes? Uh, no. So, like I said in my review, it's my constitutional right to be a dumbass, and I will continue <laughs> to exercise said right until the day I pass. Okay. So, mm-hmm. I don't want to hear it. Also, some things that I put in my review is if you're a Frida fan, nothing we're gonna say is gonna be nice. So if you if you don't want to hear your fave being slandered, I suggest you just just Skip exit. Episode. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. fine. You already listened to 60 seconds. We got the play recorded. We're good. You're not going to yeah. hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but this mm-hmm. might hurt your feelings. So I'm just going to be honest with you guys there. Okay, so Ward D, what is it about? So this is her latest book. It came out um hilariously i don't know if that's a word i'm just gonna say it is hilariously enough she uh she publishes during may which is well we're still in may okay uh it is may i'm i'm struggling it's gonna be may (laughs) she published it in may which is mental health month (laughs) yeah exactly and when i finished reading this i was like she has to be trolling or she literally gives zero fucks Um, And so essentially, before we really get any deeper into this, what the book is about is medical student Amy, she has to survive a night on Ward D, which is the inpatient psych ward. And shout out to Tabitha, who who did a little recon in the the Freedom McFans Facebook page. I joined Freedom McFans. (laughs) Yo. Because I straight up, I was like, I'm not joining that. So either you do it or... (laughs) It's messing with my mental health, man. It's a wild place. The screenshots, we'll talk about the screenshots later, but yo. So a common thing that I've seen, because there has there have been quite a, a few reviews that have spoken out about the same thing we're going to talk about today, which is the mental health rep in this book. And there's been quite a few reviewers who have said, you know, it's trash, yada, yada. But one of the arguments that I'm seeing is that we're not supposed to take it seriously. This is a Frida book, so it's supposed to be fun and light. And like, it's a popcorn thriller and we can't read this and, and think we're... It, should, it will be like an accurate representation of reality or that it won't be god-awful offensive. Also, that's just such a pumpkin spice ass latte remark to think that just because something has to be fun, we can't avoid the basic disrespect toward other people. Right. Because in the same vein, if Frida had a white character going around and calling everyone the N-word, but the plot twist was juicy as fuck, would you, would you still be saying right. the same thing? Yeah, so that's, that's kind of the... The first part of that. And then the second part is that Frida actually said herself that she didn't want to stigmatize mental illness. So she is the one who set the expectations. 
And as a reader, if you see an author say that their goal with this book is not to do X, Y, and Z, you're going to be reading the book with this in mind. And so when you see that she did, in fact, do X, Y, and Z, then you're going to be like, this is fucked up. Because if Frida had went along and didn't say anything about the mental health rep and did not set any expectations that she had been mindful enough to that she did not want to stigmatize people with mental illness, then if I read it, I'd be like, yeah, this fucking sucks. But I would be more in the camp of, okay, it's just ridiculousness. she She wasn't hypocritical in the sense that she set these goals for herself. And now I'm the I'm the bad guy Chun Li for saying that you didn't live up to your goal. You did not meet your goal. Right. You were not successful whatsoever. So yeah. that's that's really the crux of it. Because, you know, you could say, oh, my God, she's a doctor. Like, how could she blah, blah, blah. But, guys, unfortunately, allegedly. like, even... Yeah, uh, first of all, <laughs> allegedly. Um, unfortunately, there are a lot of physicians out there and practicing physicians who have archaic views toward people with mental illness, toward people who are overweight, et cetera, et cetera. So unfortunately, being a physician does not absolve you from being ignorant. I know a doctor who said that gay people were just mentally ill, but they were smarter because they banded together to fight for rights. I was like, (laughs) oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so unfortunately, being in the profession, like I said, does not absolve you from being ignorant, but the main, my main thing is that she is the one who said she did not want to be offensive. And unfortunately, she did not meet that goal. She even Period. said that she had a psychiatrist read it, right? Like that was how she presented it. I had a medical professional read this and say yeah. that it was accurate, blah, 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 blah. Right, exactly. So she did post about this on Facebook because after a couple of the reviews that came out, um, that were negative toward the book and that called out some of the language that she used was offensive. She went, took to Facebook and she wrote this post, which I'll just read out. So she said, so prior to the publication of Ward D, I made a post here about how it was important to me in this book to be sensitive to mental health issues while still trying to tell a good story. In that vein, I did have a psychiatrist read the book in advance. By the way, it was her dad. (laughs) She said that in the author's note, but she just left that part out here. Um, I read all the ARC feedback and several ARC readers had a mental health background, allegedly, (laughs) because I could too get on the internet and say all types of shit. And who's going to fact check me? My mental health background (laughs) is my mental health problems. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Okay. I read all the ARC feedback and several ARC readers had a mental health background and told me that they thought the book did a great job. However, now that the book, oh, and surprise, because you know what? Sorry, this will be a little bit of a, a tangent as always. But she had another post, remember, about how she had put up the arc on NetGalley. So she bought the NetGalley um, co-op so that she could decide who would get the book after she said that the housemaid's secret had landed in the hands of somebody who did not like her work. And so she got a bad review out of that. So to counteract the possibility that somebody gives an honest opinion, she bought the co-op herself. And she said, you know, she's only going to give it out to 50 people. I think it was a day. She was like... The book is going to be live between right 8 to 10 p.m. It will be live and then I will approve 50 people. And then she said, if you cannot spread the word on social media, if you ain't got the clout, move along, hoes, because it'll be on Kindle Unlimited. But I'm looking for big baddies only. 
And you know, yep. you may say, well, that's like all publishers with their influencer programs. But the thing is with NetGalley is that your social media presence is not really a factor in you getting approved or not. No, not at because all. Because there's, yeah, there's lots of people that I've seen, you know, when I said who even gets approved for Berkeley books. And the people that were in my DMs saying that they've got approved had like 300 followers, 200 followers. So really yep. NetGalley is totally separate from an influencer program with the publisher. What I was trying to say out of that long tangent was it's not a surprise that the people that you gave an arc to were up your butt. Yeah. We're kissing your ass and saying it was a great job. You gave it to people that you knew were dedicated fans of yours and would only have positive things to say on social media because that was your requirement. (laughs) So shocker. Correct. Anyways. Yeah. However, um, now that the book has been released to the masses, I have been going through some of the reviews and it does not, and it does seem like there were readers who felt that I was using language in the book that they found insensitive. It was giving me like, um, I'm sorry you feel that way. Right. I'm sorry that you were hurt by yeah. my words. Yeah. <laughs> but that was <laughs> that your I choice totally to meant. be hurt. Yeah. yeah. That was your choice to be hurt. Anyways. Obviously, this was not my intention, but the great thing about independent publishing is that I can read this feedback and act on it immediately. This morning, I went through the manuscript and changed some of the language that reviewers found troublesome. The new versions are now live. I have... (laughs) This is my favorite part. I have learned over the years that it is impossible to please everyone, but I always do my best to make readers happy, and if there are minor changes that I can make that could improve the reading experience, I will take the time to do it. This is not about making us happy. It's about you said you didn't want to do something. People told you, oh, you did it. And then you went back and changed it. And then you're still like, oh, these people, it's never enough. No, I'm just telling you that you didn't meet the goal that you set out for yourself. So yeah. Anyways, so I went and looked at the quotes because in my original review, I had included a lot of quotes of the language that we as readers found in, found insensitive <laughs> because right. I can't I can't ever be pleased. Um, and so I went back to see what she had changed. So I'm going to read you some of the original quotes and then I'm going to tell you what was changed in them. Mm-hmm. Also, I really hope that this doesn't pick up on my dog going to town on himself, licking his leg. Okay. I can't even hear he. I'm I'm glad because usually whenever I get in a beating, it's like time to time to make a ruckus, <laughs> time to, time to chew a squeaky toy, time to yep. just run around in circles and make sure everybody can hear me. Yep. He has no respect, no respect. For me. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> so another thing beyond her saying that that's what she wanted to do, she actually started off strong by writing, no, he's not a schizophrenic. We don't refer to patients that way. Miguel is a human being and he's more than his psychiatric diagnosis. He's not a schizophrenic. He's a man who has schizophrenia. So that's just another part where you're like, clearly homegirl knows what is and isn't offensive because she added this little tidbit in there to set the tone, right? So you're like, oh, okay, we're not gonna fall into these archaic stereotypes. Frida knows what's up and she's giving us a character who also knows what's up. Well, no, 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 no. She bundles up that sentiment and fucking yeets it out the window and then just slides all the way back to 2006 when Harlan Coben was saying that Indian music sounds like two cats having sex. Don't you slander my Coben. <laughs> I'm just speaking facts. <laughs> no, you're right. You're right. <laughs> so after she starts off strong, here's some of the quotes. Jade, my cheeks burn. He's crazy. He has schizophrenia. 
Then she changed this to Jade, my cheeks burn. He has schizophrenia. So you can still get what's being implied. <laughs> Even though she took out right. the he's crazy part, he's not saying that because she's like, oh my God, he's schizophrenic. Like, so that's so amazing. <laughs> it's like in the context of the scene, yeah, you can tell that she's like, no, bro, he has schizophrenia. Right. 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 So, okay, mm -hmm. next. I had hoped to come in here and see a raving crazy man. The, the hoped part is like, you know, when you go to the zoo and you're like, man, I hope the lions are up today. <laughs> Why would you yeah. hope? I was told this crazy? would be on the tour and it was not. Yeah. <laughs> Where are the crazy hoes at? Okay. Yeah, Everybody's just chilling in bed. Up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mm -hmm. need some tweaklicious behaviors. So right. she said, I had hoped to come in here and see a raving crazy man, but Will Schoenfeld looks completely normal. He could be absolutely anyone so she changed that Much and like she... schizophrenics who are just yeah. walking among us lives. so <sighs> then she said um she changed that part and she kept everything but she said but will schoenfield looks completely benign it's like that that wasn't the part that we didn't like <laughs> i didn't need a synonym of normal it was the hoping to see a crazy raving man like you were going to the zoo was a little too much right correct yeah so then next this is actually one of my fave quotes because it's just so fucking west it's sad that somebody with so much talent had their brain crap out on them like that <laughs> okay vincent van gogh has entered the chat man's had the paint game on lock and cut off his own ear so we all know that there was some sort of chemical unbalance going on up there. And Mans was painting the greatest shit known to mankind, okay? So guess what? Spoiler, guys. You can actually still be talented and mentally ill at the same time. What? I know. <laughs> I know. Crazy, guys, right? Most of your authors are mentally ill. I'm just going <laughs> to tell you, like, and to get a little personal and serious here, mm -hmm. your girl has been to the mental ward. I've been there... I got diagnosed as bipolar and she's got I, her easy pass. <laughs> I, yeah. But in, but in all seriousness is like when I went and my, we'll just say a family member told mm -hmm. me that I could never be anything because I was bipolar so that nobody would love me and nobody would marry me. I couldn't hold a job and stuff simply because I was bipolar. And it's like, it's shit like this. And it's you saying shit like this that keeps those thoughts going because mm -hmm. I'm married, I fostered children. and when They're all alive too. <laughs> they are. And, but when you foster children, you have to go through a lot of psychological testing, at least mm -hmm. in Texas. And they were like, uh, we know your background, how will that help you? And I was like, uh, because all of these kids have been through some shit and so have I. This is why I didn't read the book because you and Maddie were going through it on WhatsApp. And as I'm reading it, I'm like getting offended because I'm like, Wow. So it's just a book about how I've been stigmatized and can't, I've been told that I can't be a person outside in the world. And like, mm -hmm. fuck you, Frida. Especially, especially, yeah. yeah, no, totally. It's, that's totally understandable. The fact is these specific quotes that, that I'm reading to you, none of them needed to be included in the book. <laughs> like I promise you, you do not need that sentence about somebody's brain crapping out on them. You, you don't need it. It will not make any difference difference to the plot to the, plot. To, to the twist nothing 
nothing whatsoever. So right. you just put that in there, a little razzle-dazzle, but it was not razzling or dazzling. And unfortunately, this quote, she did not change and she didn't take it out. It's still there. So, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Super love that. Okay, next quote. Now it's just me and the crazy man who has been quite possibly been wandering. What? Okay, I'm not even going to talk about how that sentence is structured, but anyways. (laughs) And the crazy man who has been quite possibly been wandering the, the halls ever since the power outage. So here she changed crazy to dangerous, but she didn't know anything about the man. So... She just said, you're, you're out in the hallway in the mental, in the psych ward? You must be dangerous. <laughs> I would have preferred crazy in that sentence. <laughs> um, and then lastly, but I still feel uneasy. A crazy man is wandering the unit. Dun, 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 dun. And she changed crazy to dangerous once again. <laughs> so. <laughs> Banger alert, Avi. <laughs> And I also wanted to make another point. The fact is that you had your protagonist saying these things, this sends me into orbit. Because another way that you could have, quote, pulled this off or or this could have been excusable is if your antagonist was saying these things because that speaks to their character. There was another character in the book. It was like her ex-boyfriend or something and she portrayed him as a dickhead and he's the one who actually said, oh, so he's a schizophrenic and that's when the doctor corrected him. So if it was your ex-boyfriend wilded out like this, then okay, we get it because it speaks to his character. But the fact that you gave these lines to your protagonist and you think that's something that's protagonist behavior. Right. Is shocking to me. Well, the other thing I wanted to ask you was like another way to get out of this, quote unquote, is like, did she have growth at the end of the no. book? Right. So like if she was like this the whole book and then at the end of the book, she had this revelation of, wow, I'm a shitty person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Then I guess like she kind, kind of, of um, save it. Yeah. Like razor blade tears where the two yeah. dads, they were homophobic and then their kids exactly. got killed. And then, right. That's their, that's their character arc, their redemption arc or whatever. But she, right. she, she went, uh, pedaled in the metal and was like, this is just yeah. y'all crazy. Uh, you know, you mentioned Frida McFans as well. And, uh, <laughs> some of the screenshots that you were sending me of what Frida says. <laughs> <laughs> So Frida, and this isn't alleged, I have screenshots, Mm. likes to remind people that nobody knows who she is. um, And it really just grinds her gears. And so she wanted to go to the library and donate some copies of The Housemaid and The Housemaid's Secret to the libraries because Mm -hmm. the library does not have her books. They don't know who she is. Which Um, is not true. By the way, yeah, my library has The Housemaid. Yeah, and she (laughs) even showed a screenshot, right, of her library that did have her book, so... Yeah. Um, and so she's like, well, I guess I'm going to go to the library today and let's see if they know me. <laughs> and then she put up a poll being like, what will the librarian say? Hey, we love you. Who are you? Blah, blah, blah. Just, just stupid shit. And then, mm-hmm. so then the, everybody's voting like, no, they'll know who you are because you're so famous. You're so great. Blah, 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 blah. So then she updates us. This is a daily update yesterday that I was just like, okay. Who asked for this? Aren't you, aren't you working? Like, yeah, where's the brain <laughs> surgery that you're doing? Excuse me. Don't you have all lives to save? Yeah. So yeah. then she goes to the library, says that the librarian was a man and that she was oh. shocked to see that there was a man in the library because librarians two, two men. aren't men 
two men. Yes, and the two men did not know her, and they had to send her to the help desk, and the help desk lady didn't know her, but she said they could put her in the local author section. I was just like... Yo, the sexist drive-by, and guys, you know I'm yes. never going to be out here just defending men for free or for fun, but the fact is, like, the, the unnecessary sexist drive-by of right. librarians... Also, I've seen many men working in libraries, and There's I've never... There's men in my library? Yeah, yeah, I never once been like, oh, oh my God, <laughs> How what is this? <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't y'all be at war? <laughs> What is this? My stars. Like, what the fuck? But it's also, if you just see one pose, right, you might think, oh, that's cute. She's trying to see, you know, people know her, whatever. But guys, this is a regular occurrence. Imagine every single day she's she's fishing for compliments. Like I said in our stories, that Bass Pro Shop should sponsor her the way that this girl fishes for compliments. Like, give the girl a fishing rod, put her next to the lake, and she's the next fucking white marlin champion because homegirl be fishing. Some of these these things, I'll read them to you, is um, I keep seeing the following written on books. Instant New York Times bestseller. Unfortunately, you can't write that on the cover of The Housemaid. It was definitely not an instant New York Times bestseller. Pretty much the opposite. More like had to claw its way onto the list in spite of minimal paid ads. First of all, what happened to your organic height? Why the fuck you need paid ads? Anyways, paid ads and coming from ebook publisher that never before had a New York Times bestseller. It took a year. I understand why that's not catchy enough to put on a cover though. One, can you just say thank you? Literally just say thank you so much to everybody who supported me and purchased my book to help me become a New York Times bestseller. Did you have to do all that? She's so caught up on the instant part. If you still put New York Times bestseller on a book, it's people, it's still going to have the same effect. Nobody looks at a book cover and is like, not an instant one? Next. Yes, we're out. Done. I'm not reading this. If it's not an instant New York Times bestseller, get the fuck out of my face. All over Insta, all over TikTok, all over my fucking face. So you, it's better than being an instant New York Times bookseller. Also, did you know that the New York Times booksellers are just paid? They aren't even, they're paid. So your publisher and stuff can pay for you to be on that list. Shut the fuck up. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. You can be paid. They can pay to put you on the New York Times bestseller list. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not, I'm not surprised. I know that publishers buy large quantities of their author's book to help them get on the best sellers list, but I didn't know you could just pay for a spot like it's a ticket on a cruise. $200,000. Yes, that's what it costs to see your name on the New York Times bestseller list. Shut the fuck up. You can get there organically, but you have yeah. to like sell oh, 10,000 yeah. copies. Don't they put a little symbol beside it if, if yes. you... If you paid for it, it's like a little dagger kind of like symbol. Little... Mm-hmm. Okay, guys. Well, yeah. that's even more LOL. What you said is a great point about how it's everywhere. I cannot watch one single reel of thrillers with crazy twists that will like knock your poochie into another dimension. And it always has the fucking housemaid on it. So there's mm-hmm. so many books on the New York Times bestseller list that I would have no idea what they are, who, who the author is or anything. But also with this pose, she had to once again throw her publisher under the bus. 
Book Couture is just like, we actually took a chance on you and we actually right. paid you to publish your book and got it into stores because that's the only one of hers that I've ever seen in a right. store. And you were yeah. like, yeah, my bum ass publishers who never had an author with my kind of clout. So not only did you just kick your publisher under the fucking bus, but you insulted all of the authors that work with them as well. Mm-hmm. So like, can you just say... Just say thank you. That's all you have to do. This girl needs media training. But guys, every single one of her posts is, first of all, she's fishing for compliments and she has to be, and she's so passive aggressive as well. She always got to throw someone under the bus. Another example is, um, this one was hilarious. In the last month, I've gotten at least 10 requests to do podcast interviews. I've already done three of them. Yeah. So she said, blah, blah. And just to prove that she is who she is. Then she goes, But now that I've done it and proven I'm me, so at this point, I kind of feel like it's diminishing returns. Again, I'm a people person, so I feel bad saying no. But how many times can I answer the question, how do you come up with those exciting twists? Or what inspired you to write The Housemate? Well, first of all, the the first answer is that you you, you (laughs) stole it from someone else, allegedly. Allegedly. She's like, oh, I was just reading and I thought... I like this one, so I just put it in my <laughs> in my book. Right. Oh wow! I watched Psycho the other day. Let yeah. me real quick just just throw it in there. Like, I don't even got to change the name that much, but anyways. No. And the second and and the second part of this is, guys, the point is you're doing what I would call like a media appearance. Let's just say is to sell your product. You will get the same questions over and over and over again. Do you think that when celebrities do a press tour when the movie's coming out, they're like, guys, I already answered that one. So come up with something else. Yeah. <laughs> you, you have to expect the same questions every single time. That's how it works because people don't always listen to every single podcast you're on, right? So like right. they might not have heard how you swagger jack other exciting twists from books. So they, they got to hear it on this one, allegedly. So, you know, you will get the same questions. That's just, that's just part of media appearances. Anyways. Right. So this next section is the most LOL. Plus, I'm genuinely not sure how many people even listen to these interviews. I'm feeling like not many. Wait, wait. If it were some amazing thing, unlike being on you anonymous host (laughs) fucking podcast with your six followers. If it were some amazing thing, like, I don't know, say Chris Hemsworth, Hemsworth wanted to interview me, then obviously I would do that. Why would Chris Hemsworth want to talk to you? No, but it's like, come on. These people took time out of their fucking day to interview you, to give you some exposure. And you're like, yeah, but you you got 17 subscribers. Where the fuck is New York Times at? Why do I have to waste my time bumming around with y'all? It's like... Uh, these people are, are probably so excited they're like oh my god i got frida yes. i interviewed her she's my favorite author i buy all her books like blah, blah, blah and then you see her here and she's like um you know and aside from that i feel like they are kind of stressful interviews that are tricky to schedule and nobody is even going to listen to them it's like girl okay drive by <sighs> of these poor podcasters just like oh uh, grind doing their best do you know how yeah. long it takes for pink to edit these fucking episodes this is hard work are you kidding me and they're they're obviously a fan of yours they're obviously so right. excited to talk to you and the way that you get that organic hype is by doing shit like this when you talk about organic hype it's doing shit like this it's getting on people's podcasts do you think that beyonce just 
appeared at the Grammys and that was it. You always gotta start somewhere small and then work your way up as you get more exposure. But you did not need to, you did not need to write any of this. Why did it come to your mind to shit on the good people who took time out of their day to do an interview right. with you? And, and she's a KU author that just got lucky. Do you know how many KU authors there are? Like, yeah. Please, ma'am, you got lucky. I would be so thankful and just doing everything I could because you you hit the jackpot of the you one did. in the million. Exactly. There's 600,000 books or something on KU. And there's many Kindle Unlimited authors that are better than Frida, objectively. I, I get it that like reading is subjective and stuff. But objectively, if we go titty to titty for, for pros, there's better authors out there. It's kind of like Coho, right? She she hit the jackpot as well. TikTok right. made her famous. But you never see Coho, actually. And that's where I'll give her her flowers. You never see Coho out here just passive aggressively slandering the good people that brought her the fame and fortune that she has. Right. Nobody fucking asked you, hey, Frida, why don't you do any podcasts anymore? Nobody asked you that. And if you right. wanted to say that, if even if yourself think that uh, it's because nobody's watching this fucking video that got seven views on YouTube, then you would just, just make something up. Do not insult your fans Correct. do not insult your fans i don't know how else to say it yeah. you need to be media trained we just read a couple posts but it goes on and on and on and on like this guys you, you can go find out for yourself she's constantly doing this like fishing expedition for compliments passive aggressively insulting other people just be grateful like you said tabitha just say thank you thank you guys for for taking the time to have me on your podcast thank you guys for making me a new york times bestseller you guys are the best i really appreciate you and all the other shit that you want to say you want to slander book couture you want to slander these these hoes with no clout say it in the dms <laughs> say it right. in a in whatsapp there are some things that do not need to be shared publicly ever and and also, if you are a doctor, how do you have time for this? How do you have time to be writing these dissertations in a Facebook? Facebook. Multiple, Facebook. multiple times a day. Yeah. Multiple times a day. Yeah. Yo, I, honestly, I just think that at one point, people will start to to notice the behavior. Honestly, the chokehold that she has, like it's quite impressive. Somebody should do a fucking study on that because it's borderline cult behavior. But mm -hmm. I think that there's other people and other people have, t have talked to me in, in my DMs on Goodreads that they notice the the these type of posts and they notice her her tendencies to to slam on others subtly with her self-deprecating humor that's really just trying to get compliments from other people. And so I wonder, you know, it's kind of like Taylor Swift. She had her little era where everybody turned against her. Nicki Minaj is another one of those. And Nicki Minaj especially is a great example because she just made a fucking ass of herself on social media. And people got sick of her on social media because she would wild out and say and insult her fans and say crazy shit like, you, you bitches can't even spell prog. First of all, it's a fucking six letter word, so relax. <laughs> this is not that Finnish word that Sabi Reads oh gave us. Oh my God. <laughs> but yeah, the image that she depicted on social media was unlikable sometimes you just need to get the fuck off social media that's why i personally think Take all the a-list stars like angelina jolie brad pitt cameron diaz and stuff they don't have a big social media presence because the less you know about somebody especially celebrities the more you like them because it's that that mysterious that quality mysterious, and also yeah. you can fill in the gaps you can paint that person to be what you want them to be in your mind because they're not saying things that directly contradict the picture that you have of them. But when right. you constantly, like me, then people will 
form an opinion on you and it might not match up with what they have in their mind and they'll start to dislike you. So my un, you know, unprovoked, nobody fucking asked for this, but my my thing would just be to be grateful Mm -hmm. and maybe just limit yourself to one Facebook post a, a week. Let's just start there. But yeah, I actually didn't really have a problem with her books. I read The Locked Door, which was fine. Then I read The Housemaid and I didn't like it. But then when I started hearing this stuff and seeing the type of shit that she posted, it totally changed my image of her. Right. Yeah. Because let's say somebody like Kirsten Mogdalen. I don't think that she's a talented author, but I don't really give a fuck. She doesn't bother me at all. You can eat her books up. Yeah, she's just doing whatever. I've heard amazing things about her. I've heard she's so nice. She's super kind. Um, you know, I heard from somebody that she gave them tips on how to become an author, things like that. Aww. That's that's just, you know, what you have to do. Like, yeah. you're trying to sell your books. Stop. Anyways. Yeah. No, I mean, <sighs> it's just whatever. It's going to be quite, quite the episode to edit. Yeah. That'll be... <laughs> All right. Well, anyways, so I think we got our point across there. But to summarize, guys, to summarize is that... The problem with the book for me is that she set the the expectations. She set the tone by saying publicly that she did not want to be insensitive. She started the book off strong by acknowledging that people are not their mental illness. And then it totally fucking crumbled like feta cheese from there. So that's my problem is like you came out and said that you wanted to accomplish something. You did not accomplish that. And when people tried to let you know that you did not accomplish that, suddenly were rude suddenly you know we're taking it too seriously suddenly x y and z it's like no your fearless leader your your cult daddy is the one who said this so we're mm-hmm. just following her lead right period right yeah okay let's end off with a little positivity a little live laugh love of um books we are actually looking forward to that come out this summer yes okay so yours are all arcs that you have on that galley Yes. Mine are not because they're the ones that I actually got denied. <laughs> you, you know, they s- <laughs> I loved our what? in the stories I asked and everybody's like, listen, I, I like this book, but they won't give it to me. So but I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like what they say. You always want what you can't have. Period. Net right. Valley. <laughs> Berkeley. <laughs> I keep requesting those rom-coms knowing damn well. I don't even want to read that. But I'm like, please. <laughs> Toss me one, please. Oh, my God. Give me some kind of hope. <laughs> yeah, I don't even care at this point. I just I just want it so bad. Okay, anyways. So you go first. Okay. okay. The first one is by Lars Kepler, um, and it comes out mm. in July. It's called The Spider, and it is a serial killer, but this serial killer does riddles and sets traps and stuff Ooh. like that, and I'm like, Oh, so we're getting deep into the serial mindset. I'm excited. I don't know if we're going to have a POV of the serial killer. I really hope. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love when we have that. Um, And so I'm so excited about that. Another book that you might like if you're, if you like a serial killer who's kind of like taunting the police vibe. Did you read Unsub by Meg Gardner? No. Oh, you would love that book. Also, Lars Kepler. I didn't realize that they were husband and wife. Yo, it takes a different, yeah, they're married. It takes a different type of marriage to write a book together. Charles and I can't even put furniture together without like testing each other out. Uh, Literally, Pierre, the other day, he asked me how many, how much is in a dozen? And then he said six. And I was like, yo, get the, get the fuck out of the house. (laughs) 
<laughs> divorce immediately. So anyways, shout out to, to you guys, Lars Kepler, because you've written many books together. And uh, I don't know how you do it, but your marriage is fucking rock solid. Booked, book, to, book Instagram, like really opened my eyes. I had no idea. I'm vibing thinking all these authors are women or men. I thought mm-hmm. Riley Sager was a woman. I thought uh, Taylor Adams was a woman. And I come on here and I'm like, these men? <laughs> men writing books? <laughs> oh my God, next thing you know, they're going to be in a library. <laughs> Yo, but you know, a lot of f- female authors, they do the initials, kind of like the JK Rowling at CJ Tudor is one of them. So I thought right. they were men too. And then right. I looked them up and I was like, oh, shite. What does that yeah. say about me? Anyways. Yeah. Okay. So my first one is Dead and Gone by Joanna Sch- Schaffhausen. Sorry if I mispronounce your name. Um, comes out August 8th. So this is number three in the series. And it's actually one of the rare books series that I love from St. Martin's Press. Um, guys, if you're not aware, St. Martin's Press definitely has beef with me. They fucking deny me for everything. <laughs> for a good reason. And book couture now, actually. I'll defend them, but <laughs> I'm on their I'm on their block list now. They're like, um, they're like, look, we took a chance on Frida and yeah. like you're you're really making us regret it, so we can't yeah. handle this right now. <laughs> so you're done. You're out of here. Yeah. Um anyway, so yeah, this is one of the rare books that I like from St. Martin's Press. And it's a police procedural, of course. And this one, the premise is that um, an ex-cop turned private investigator is found hanged in a cemetery. And so the detective, Annalisa, I'm sorry if I mispronounce your name, Vega Vega, whichever one of those is right. (laughs) Vega, okay, Annalisa Vega. As she starts investigating his cold cases to find out who killed him. So you're, okay. I'm, I'm very excited about that one. And also in this series, there's a little bit of a, a love story going on, a love triangle. I am team Nick. I don't care if they're toxic. I don't want to fucking hear it. Okay. I said what I said. I'm team Nick. So okay. yeah, I'm very excited about that one. All right. Okay. Uh, my next one is I Did It For You by Amy, Amy Engel. Oh, Amy yeah, yeah, yeah. Engel. Uh, that also comes out in July, and it's a copycat killer of her sister's murder. And can I tell you that I started this last night? Ooh. And I don't know what happened. They haven't fully described the murder yet, but people dress up as her sister with a bullet hole in their head for Halloween. And I was like, What? Excuse the fuck out of me. What happened? <laughs> so, like, I am intrigued. I am intrigued. I'm about to bust this down today. I need to know Yo, Maddie would be losing it. That's a Maddie Dishelf <laughs> banger for sure. Oh my like, god. Oh shit. All right. <laughs> Yo, Amy Engel is, is uh I read her book. I read two of them. Uh When the Darkness Comes and then Roanoke Girls. Oh yeah, Roanoke Girls. Roanoke Girls? Fucking That was on my s- suggestions. Sad and mm-hmm. depressy. Oh my god, that book? Okay, guys, if you've read Roanoke Girls, you'll like First Day of Spring and vice versa. Those books mm-hmm. have a very similar vibe. But yeah, yeah Roanoke Girls, brace yourself. If you thought My Dark Vanessa was on some shit, nah. <laughs> this, yeah. yeah. So good, though. She's a yeah, good one. It's a good she's one. A, yeah. She's a really good writer. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, what's your next sure. So my next one is Kill For Me, Kill For You by Steve Cavanaugh. It comes out on July 20th. Um, and it's a strangers on the train vibe. So basically two women, they meet for drinks and they realize they can solve each other's problems by, you know, murdering somebody. Oh, in their we read a book like mm-hmm. that recently. Yeah. Um, Not So Perfect Strangers by Ella oh, yeah, Stratton. Yeah, yeah. 
yeah 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 that's that's a i like that concept because yeah it sets up there's there's the possibility for so much conflict because you're trusting somebody to commit a murder on behalf of you and not just immediately drive to the police station and be like hey by the way this person uh, is committing conspiracy because i would i have too much anxiety i'd be like this girl i mm -mm." (laughs) immediately i'm 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 calling 911 i'm i'm glad that you trusted me but uh, it was the wrong choice right so yeah (laughs) <laughs> I'm really excited for that one. I've read um, another book by Steve Cavanaugh, The Plea. That was the first book I ever read in a day. The chapters are super short. It's really fast paced. Um, I love the way that he writes. So I'm very excited about that one. I DNF'd 13. I was really excited about 13. <gasps> no. But it was audio. So I think I need to get it in physical mm. because the narrator was, he was really just grinding my gears. I could not fucking stand him. So I need to like get a it in weird... physical form. Like he was his just voice like, or... yeah, and I or get that the, I get that the serial killer guy is supposed to be like arrogant. He really took on the arrogant role, and the uh, yeah, yeah. so arrogant was like <laughs> triggering. <laughs> yeah, I can flashbacks. Read it, but like, I can read it, but to hear your voice, I'm like, mm, yeah, some woman needs to like, punch you in the balls. I can't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I yeah, I. I think also with male narrators, when they do female voices, it's always worse than when it's like a female narrator trying to do a male voice. Yeah. It just, I, I don't know. It's just, yeah, it's just not right to me. So, yeah. no, narrators can be really difficult. I remember the first audiobook that I tried, I DNF'd it because it, it was set in Seattle, but the, the accent of the male narr- narrator was like, big sky country it was giving me like texas roadhouse or some shit like this i was like what what the fuck so it, it just completely threw me off and i was like no 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 no, no. also speaking yeah. of narrators the narrator of ward d it made the main character sound even dumber than she was even- like yeah it was i thought it was impossible but no she talks like this jade he's crazy he has schizophrenia that's how she speaks the entire time and you're just like is this a is this a grown-ass woman or like a 13 year old we talk about we talk about how you write one-star reviews and i'm like yes i need to read it your description of that audio makes me now want to listen to it's so rough it's so rough any any chance i had of respecting amy's was was gone once i heard that narrator's voice right. okay uh, my last one's burn the negative by josh winning and okay. i've actually had this on my tbr for so long um it comes out in july and i just haven't i haven't made time for it um but it says it's a mashup of horror and suspense a notorious slasher film is remade and the curse that haunted it is reawakened so i'm like oh a curse on a slasher film hell yeah you know i like my horror so (laughs) have you down have you read this author before or no no have you your face looks like you have horror do you think i read this author oh well you said it like you're like i know this fucker no i haven't so <laughs> look i'm branching out i'm trying to find new people like you yeah said you're not just falling into the trap of the bestsellers but um that kind of sounds like the book curse of the reaper oh i've seen that cover before so it says scream meets the shining in this page turning horror tale okay hold on add to one <laughs> Yeah, turning horror tale about an aging actor haunted by the slasher movie villain he brought to life. 
Hell yeah. Oh my God. Right? Done. Sounds Done. pretty much pretty similar. So Tabitha's reading that. Tabitha Enjoy that. that. <laughs> um, okay. So my last one is Don't Swipe Right by L.M. Chilton. And it oh, comes yeah. out yeah, on June 22nd. And essentially, uh, Gwen, she keeps meeting men on Tinder and they all end up murdered. So juicy, very juicy. I just love when dating apps are involved in yes. the murder. <laughs> yes. So pre-Charles, obviously, I was on... Obviously. <laughs> obviously. I was on Plenty of Fish, uh, which is like the craigslist of dating that is disgusting so i was on there and there was this guy and then he's like can you want to go out on a date uh to this place called gyms which is like a diner in san antonio and i was like sure yeah i'd love to go to gyms after class i was in college and uh so then the day of he texts me and he's like oh by the way i don't have a car and that should have been red flag number We're like ding, ding, ding. Okay. he goes i don't have a car can, uh, there's a walmart right next to it can you pick me up the walmart and take all these red flags all these red flags are going not on. walmart again girl you gotta yeah. steer clear of walmart at this point okay because every time you're there something trifling happens speaking of my lover there has not been there since i mentioned hers yeah because she's committing like hipaa violations every other day <laughs> Okay, so anyway, so I meet him at the Walmart, okay? I go into the Walmart because he has me go in to pick him up. I go no. into the Walmart. Yes, ma'am. I, I don't know what 20-year-old Tabitha was on, but it, I, it was something else. He then comes running up to me, running up to me as I enter the door, wraps his arms around me as if we've – I was like, like – excuse me and then he then proceed he's like oh my god i'm so excited to see you he then proceeds to put his arm around me as we walk out of walmart so i have to walk in step with this stranger and i was like what the, the walmart fuck? stranger <laughs> so then we get in my car why did i let this man in my car so then we go to the gyms and the waitress takes us to this booth so then i sit down in the middle of my side as if to say don't no. fucking come here Pink, no. he comes in no. and tries to scoot me over to no. sit next to me. Yes, ma'am. And I was like, please, please. And he gets the hint and he's like, oh, all right, I'll sit across from you. He then sits across from me and puts his hands on the table out like this. For me no. to hold his hands. Yes. No. And let me tell you that I picked up my menu. I picked up my menu and I was like, <laughs> and stuck it right in front of his hand. So then the waitress comes up and I whack his hands because I'm like, you're being a fucking weirdo. Get your hands off the table. The waitress comes and he goes, get this. He looks at the waitress and he goes, do you see what I have to deal with all the time? <gasps> no. I just met you. I just met you. And of course she's like, <laughs> and I'm like, so then I'm already like, Tabitha, you got to get out of this. You got to get out you, of this. No, sorry, but you just met him, but maybe he's he he's already been, right? been like crazy. He's right? been watching you. That, right. And this this hasn't even ended yet, this whole story. Oh, Lord. So then, so then he starts speaking to me as if I've known him for years. So he's like, Aunt Barbara, blah, 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 blah. Oh, and Grandma, you know Grandma. She's like, blah, blah, blah. blah. And, I'm like, and you're like, no, I literally did not. I literally don't know these people. So then the bill comes, okay? And he goes, 
Oh, wait. Oh, no, no, no. Back up. He goes, so how do you think this date is going? In my head, I'm like, okay, you got this man's crazy. I got to let him down easy. So I just make up something. Yeah. Like, oh, um, I just got out of a really crazy relationship and I thought I was ready to date. And I'm just, I, I must, I just don't think that I am. I, and he goes, oh, uh-huh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I just got out of a really serious relationship and I thought I was ready to date, so I don't think that I am. Just repeated the words back to me as, as his evaluation of the date. And I was like, okay. So okay, the first bill- of all, <laughs> the only relationship you've had is with your mom, so stop fucking lying, sir. Right? Like- so then the bill comes and he goes, I'll pay for it since you thought this was going to be a date and it's not. And I was like, I was like, nah, I got this. And he's like, no, 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 no. And in my head, I'm like, well, you know what? Yeah, you owe me. You fucking Yeah, a hundred percent. So then he pays the bill, pink. And I now realize that he has no car. How is he going to get home? Okay, so first then- of all, I, I feel like this is the type of guy who would pay with an assortment of coins or something. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So then I'm like, he doesn't have a car. Oh my god, please don't oh leave god, him. What's he gonna do? Leave him. Right, but 20 year old Tabitha did not have the confidence that 37 year old Tabitha. Bro, <laughs> you have the car. Like you're literally in charge. I would I just know. skirt out of there so bad. I'd be like, well, you know, obviously this is going nowhere. There's a bus station right there. Good luck, my friend. Yeah. So then he walks me to my car. He opens the door, and before I get in, because I'm like trying to get in the car, he goes, hold on, hold on, hold on, and I was like what he goes let me just i feel like you need a hug as if i'm like tormented by the fact that this date did not go fantastic and he's like you need a hug and then no consent i didn't say okay he just wraps his arms around me and i keep my hands glued to the side and we stand there for like a solid three minutes so then i drop him off and i go home tell me why this man then texts me three texts back to back that are like hey baby i ha- Hey baby, I had no. such a great had such a great time. I can't wait to see you again. You looked so beautiful. Blah 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 blah. And I'm like, hello. Did I hello? just like? Did was I this imagine all a delusion? This? Yeah. Like, did I just disassociate? And <laughs> what? What the fuck was just it? Mary, Kubi- here? Mary Kubica. <laughs> yeah. Like. <laughs> it's like when he was like, "You need a hug." I'd be like, "You need a fucking restraining order, bro. Get the fuck away from me. Are you serious?" Yeah. Okay, I thought yeah. for a second you were gonna tell me that he tried to get in the driver's seat and drive for you because I would have been like, <laughs> "No, no, 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 that's too far." <laughs> also, going back, people who sit on the same side of the booth, ick. Cre- even Charles. If Charles just yeah. if Charles yeah. tried to sit on the same side of the booth with me, I'd be like, please get the fuck away from me. I love no. you. We've been married twelve years. Don't get on the other side of the booth, you fucking weirdo. No, it's too much. <laughs> it's too much because back a day when I was a teenager, I was a waitress at a at a schnitzel restaurant. Um, and I saw these two people sitting on the same side. Young girl, young girl, like maybe seventeen mm-hmm. around there with a creepy ass old man. And so they sat on the same side and he was trying to finger her the whole time. So yeah. And at the schnitzel <laughs> shop. Yeah. Schnitzel Y'all nasty for that. Gross. <laughs> Nothing about a schnitzel restaurant is getting me in the mood for a little under the table finger action. Oh my god. Okay, well all that was to tell you that I also love when dating apps are <laughs> So in conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> For real, because you know why? It's because like that shit could really happen. I did so many reckless things in my college days, and I'm like, yo, it's ac- aside from drinking the four locos like they were fucking right. water. 
<laughs> it's crazy to me that when I was doing the masters in Chicago, I would finish class at 9 p.m. and I'd put my headphones on. I'd just be like walking around fucking downtown Chicago. Yeah. No qualms, whatever. Walking yeah. down my street is like dark as fuck. No issues. Now, if it's dark outside, I'm not going anywhere. No. Stay in my house inside. No. <laughs> I may live in the middle of nowhere and nobody's coming out here to kill me. But I ain't taking a chance. No. So no, it's, Mm -hmm. yeah, I love, I love the the dating app ones. I've read two others with the same concept, but they were not banging. So I'm holding out for this one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm excited to see how it goes. Yeah. 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 It's the, it's his debut as well. And he followed me on Goodreads and I was like, should I just slide in those DMs and be like, Hey, you want to toss, toss me that? But I was like, no, no, no. Right. I'll wait. Toss I'll wait like the rest copy. of you. Yeah. I'll wait like a peasant for it. It's okay. <laughs> okay. This went off the rails. <laughs> yeah. This was really off the rails. But anyways, thank you so much guys. Um, you know, Tabitha asked yesterday in the stories about like books that you're looking forward to. So there's some good recs on our page. I mean, it'll probably be gone by the time you get there. So I don't even know why I said this, but we would also <laughs> like to hear if you didn't respond to that story, you know, slide through, tell us what are some books you're looking yeah. forward to that you think that we may like. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. <laughs> Woo! You wanted to say Sorry we put you through that. No, yeah. I was supposed to say, thank you. I'm sorry that you had to um, endure all that. <laughs> yeah, but but please keep enduring. And if you would like to endure some more, like we said, Patreon, $3 a month, 10 cents a day. And uh, we'll talk about whatever the fuck you want. So yes. yeah, thank you so much, guys. And we hope to see you next week. Bye. Uh, bye.